Welcome to another Solid Rock Church podcast by Bishop Larry Ragland, Senior Pastor of Solid Rock Church. For more information and content, please visit solidrockchurch.com. Man, sitting on the front row, Austin, <laughs> I don't know how, if you know how far you've, you've gone and where you're at, man. You inspired me last week, scared me a little bit, because I didn't know if I was going to be able to keep up, <laughs> but that's okay. But man, it is on fire, and standing right there on that front row, I felt the anointing of God so strong in this place. And it, I've talked to Pastor many times, and he, he's asked me when you get up here, does the words come easy? And um, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, no, it does. And pastor has spent years and years and years pleading over this house, pleading for the speakers that come into this house, that they will bring the fire of God into this place. Amen? God has spent... God has used him, and God is using Pastor in a way that he probably never even dreamed of right now. And uh, and for me to be up here is <laughs> such a such a a stretch. Like like Pastor Sandy said, me and Lizzie were the shyest people. I can't stand sitting on the front row. I don't like it. It feels weird. But God is doing something amazing in Lizzie and mine in mine's life, and we're so thankful. Uh, to be able to have this opportunity and to be able to stand up here. Um, And the last thing I'm going to say on that is, I know that I'm pastor's son-in-law, but please don't get in your mind that I'm up here because I'm his son-in-law. Pastor does not put people on this platform unless he knows that he's heard from God on it. So I want you to be open. I don't want you to get that in your mind that that's why Lizzie's up here, that's why I'm up here. There's going to be more people that's coming. Amen? So, with that, I've got some, i got my paper notes. Let me get them out of the way. Um, just a real quick, obviously my name is Alex Pickle. If you haven't met me or seen me walking around, my name's Alex. And obviously this is Lizzie uh, Pickle. And we have one beautiful daughter that you've probably seen running around, or she's probably dragged you to go play or made you open up some sort of food for her or something. Uh, but her name is Harper, and she is about to turn three years old here in about two weeks or so. So we are super excited about that. And uh, God is using her. That's, <laughs> that's why we're up here, is Harper. She is a reflection of Pastor, y'all. Okay? And she is stretching us beyond belief. Am I right? So I thought it was fitting, though. Um, well, one other thing. We were, me and my wife have been, obviously I've been coming here for a really long time, and <laughs> Lizzie's always been here since the beginning, but a few years ago, um, we were called to, uh, to be children's pastors, probably about five years ago, and um, we got to a point where we were, we were stuck, and we didn't know which way to go, and um, I was dealing with a lot, and um, that God has really moved in our life, and and we answered that call, and, and he's taken us on a, a definitely a journey that we couldn't even imagine. And I thought it was fitting, since this is my first time on a Sunday morning to be up here, is to share some of my testimony. I'm not going to say I'm not going to go into all of it because it would 
me to take the whole service, but um, I want to share some of my testimony. And what's interesting is pastor asked me to preach, and me and Lizzie, if you know us, we've, we've done every single thing together. We've never been separated. We've never gone places by ourselves. You know, if I go, Lizzie goes. If Lizzie goes, then, then I go with her. And now it's Harper with us everywhere we go. So when pastor asked me to, to preach, I said, hey, amen, that's awesome. Yeah, I'll do it. And, and uh, yeah. Um, and not long after that, I didn't expect Lizzie to say yes, but I felt like the Holy Spirit was asking me, or telling me, to go ask her. Uh, it's, and so I went in there, and I thought for sure it was just going to be a big flat no. You know, no, what are you talking about? Get out of my face. <laughs> so. I'm going to the beach. We were at the beach when, the, when he asked me. And, uh, but sure enough, Lizzie's moved. So, I mean, she's come so far, you know, in her walk with God. And she immediately said yes. And I said, praise God. That, that's got to be from you, Holy Spirit. So anyway, so our testimony. So four years ago, I had my first severe battle with anxiety. Um. I know you remember because I spent a lot of time just at the house. and um, uh, I couldn't go to work. Um, and everybody at my job was like, what in the world? You know, what? I was Because I, I was a joyful face. I, I try to be a joyful face when I'm there. I try to be real with people. And um, all of a sudden, that um, I, I wasn't there. And I was struggling. Um, I was lost. I literally thought that I'm not going to come out of this. And I sat in the backyard at their old house wondering what in the world was happening to me. But God did touch my heart in that moment. And I was able to get through it. And I was able to draw closer to God for a season. Um, But then... That's when the devil starts coming after you. Amen? And it wasn't long after that I had dropped straight back into the same old things that I'd done before. I, was, I, I wouldn't do anything bad. I was a, a good guy, you know? But God had so much more for me. And about a year later, I didn't know it at the time, but about a year later, God actually warned me, sitting in our, in our new house, um... I was laying on the couch and I went to sleep and God gave me a warning. And he showed me, he showed me what I was going to face if I didn't straighten up while I was sitting there. But I didn't answer. I didn't heed the warning that God gave me. So two years ago, it came back and it came back with a vengeance. It came back stronger than I'd ever felt before. Some of it was medical, but it was mostly fear. Just to give you an example of how messed up I was on this and my perception of who God was and who the devil is, I would go to work in the morning, and Lizzie would leave a little bit after me, and um, I I would be driving down the road, and all of a sudden, I'd start thinking, I haven't heard from Lizzie yet. What's going on? What's going on? Is she okay? Did she make it to work okay? 
you know, and then I'd start just, it would start going on. I, I overthink things. Okay. And so I started thinking, what if, what if, what if she didn't make it? There's a real, she goes over a mountain on the way. I was like, what, well, you know, did she, did she make it there? And I'd get so anxious inside of my heart and it would scare me to death. And I saw, and I knew what I needed to do. I needed, I needed to call on God, right? That's what we do in those moments. Amen. I hate the devil. <laughs> uh, the devil would try to intervene in my mind and say, if you start drawing closer to God, I'm going to start attacking you. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to attack your family. I'm going to attack your daughter. And it kept me from drawing closer to God. It kept me from going to the places that I needed to go. So I stayed where I was at. So anyway, this time, the anxiety. The anxiety was here, and it wasn't going away. I began to have frequent panic attacks and very intense fears for months. I dealt with that. I talked to my dad about it a lot. My grandparents helped me. And I'd get through from week to week. I just could barely even focus. I was so anxious, I could barely even sit here and focus on my job. But I made it. And about nine months ago, um, nine months ago was Elevate Conference 2021. I knew it was coming up. I knew who the speakers were. And um, I was looking forward to it. And I, I, was, I was trying to get closer and closer to God, but I knew there was more. I knew there was another step that I needed to take to overcome this thing. And let me give you just a quick definition if you don't know what anxiety is. It's a feeling of worry, of nervousness, of unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. So October 7th, this is uh, three days before Elevate Conference. October 7th, 2021, God met me. I was sitting at my desk. I remember it like it was yesterday. God, I was sitting at my desk and uh, doing work, and God just began to speak into me, and I began to cry out to God sitting there. I was playing worship music. And um, he began to speak directly into my heart about who I was, the things that he had shown me years and years that I was going to do. And he began to reveal those things to me and began to reveal his plans for me going forward. So two days after that, October 9th, the day before Greg DeVries, anybody know Greg DeVries? Anybody remember him? He preached in this house on that Sunday morning of Elevate. And what's so interesting um, about Greg DeVries is, I think it was 2016, right? 2016, Greg DeVries spoke here, and uh, if anybody knows, he's a, you know, he's a prophet in this house and speaks in this house frequently, but God used him to speak into me and Lizzie's life in 2016, and he said that you're going to raise up Samuels, Ruths, and Gideons in this house, or actually, he didn't even tell us in this house, he just said you're going to raise up Samuel, Ruths, and Gideons, and I was like, all right, well, Lizzie's going to be busy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> with all the kids. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, okay, well, I don't know what that means, you know. Um, but okay, well, you know, we'll take it. And at that point, I definitely was not where I needed to be. But I was like, okay, that's great. You know, we'll take it. It wasn't six months later that we were called to do children's ministry in this house. 
And I knew that was what was being prophesied in that moment. And we raised up Samuels. We raised up Gideons. We raised up Ruths. And then God took us, obviously, a different direction. But we raised up, and they're still here. There's several of them that are in this room right now. And I thank God for it. So, beyond that, we get to October 9th. Greg DeVries preaches in this house. God stopped me on a lawnmower, okay? And the day before, yeah, the day before Greg DeVries preached, he stopped me on my lawnmower. And if you, if all the guys know what I'm talking about, women, you aren't going to have a clue on this, okay? When you're on a lawnmower and you were a guy, you have a record set time that you have to finish every single time. I finished in two hours and 19 minutes. That beats my previous records of two hours and 20 minutes. Praise God. Y'all know what I'm talking about? (laughs) So I don't stop for nothing on a lawnmower, okay? But God said, you're going to stop today. And He did. And He began to speak into my life some uh, some just revelation. He's talking to me about Lizzie, uh, what she's about to speak on. And... um, and he said, the time is now. He said, are you, get, are you with me or are you against me? And I said, God, I'm with you. I said, I'm, I, it's time. I said, I can't run anymore. And I said, God, yes, I'm with you. And he said, all right, then go. And he told Lizzie to let go. And I'm going to come back to that in just a second. So October 10th, Greg DeVries prophesies into this house the exact things that Lizzie and I had talked about the day before. Go ahead. Tell them what you tell them what tell them what always says. Okay. So um, yeah, I'm not I'm not a public speaker. I'm you know, I, I taught first graders for five years and you know I had my comfy little you know situation going on so this is very uncomfortable for me but I'm I'm relying totally on the Holy Spirit but and that's why we're up here and that's why I said yes to Alex because it wasn't me saying yes it was clearly the Holy Spirit because when we were talking about it yesterday we were like I did pause for a second but it was like because I knew the yes came from the Holy Spirit and so I I was kind of shocked by it. But anyway, so I thought it was important, though, to share my part of the testimony, too, because like you said, I mean, we're, we're a team, and, um, and God always uses us as a team. But um, So that day, I'll just back up to that day, um, the Sunday before Greg DeVries came, like, we were both in very dark places, like, both struggling with depression. Um, like he said, he was struggling with anxiety. Um, I think it was a lot because we were fighting against the will of God. Um, we knew, like he said, we knew in our heart some things that God was telling us, but we were saying, you know, later God, like that doesn't fit into our plans right now. Like we were remodeling our house, um, thinking about getting a new car, you know, all these other things that were going on. Um, anyway, um, so I was I was dealing with some deep, depression and sadness that I was just, I I couldn't really, I couldn't get out of. And, um, that day, or actually let me back it up to the day that he said God started pouring into him (laughs) and telling him things and giving him these downloads and stuff. And I guess I was kind of like 
subconsciously mad at him because I was the one that God always spoke to. And he was the one that didn't quite get it yet, you know. And so <laughs> I remember he he told me, um, he said, God, God told me that I'm going to speak in different language. Like he's going to give me another language. And he said, and God said that I'm going to, I'm going to um, speak to millions of people. And I looked at him and I was like, that's great. But um, the way that our life is right now, that's not happening. So um, that's great that God's telling you that, but maybe you're not quite understanding it correctly. So, because I was just like, it doesn't, you know, we, we tried, we tried to, to, to live both lifestyles. We tried to, it wasn't that we were doing like crazy worldly things, but we were like living for ourselves. We were like filling our desires, like the things that were taking up our time was our house and our jobs. And we'd left little time for, for God. So anyway, I lost track of where I was, but, um, yeah, so I wasn't, I wasn't seeing exactly what he was seeing and I was in a dark place, but so the day that he was on the lawnmower, I had, it was probably one of the dark, darkest days I'd ever been in. And, um, school had, um, had been out because of COVID again. So I was at home. We had just gotten a dog. My daughter was <laughs> going crazy in the house. <laughs> and I just was like, I got to take the dog outside and she's just going to have to just play with stuff and scream. So I went outside and I just, uh, I just sat down outside of my garage and I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And, um, and God spoke to you, right? That, you know, you needed to come over and you needed to, to talk to me. And we, like I said, we weren't getting along at that time. We were not in a good place. And, um, we just weren't like fully talking about stuff, but then he came and he, he called out some things in my life to me. And then he was like, this is what God's telling me. And he's saying that we need to go. And what else did you say? that He told us basically to sell our house at that time, which we had just finished. <laughs> so that's how it works. We had been remodeling it for like four years. And we had just finished it. We had just finished a playground for Harper. It was perfect. It was like exactly like what we wanted it to be. But. When he said that, and he said, we're going to have to actually go, like God's been telling us to do for so many years, go and, and do missions and actually do that. And I, I, was at, I was at my end, and I was like, okay, yes, we're going to have to do it. He said, you're going to think I'm crazy when he said it. And then I said, probably not. And then he said it, and I was like, we're going to do it. And so immediately that day, we made the decision that we were going to sell our house that we were going to, no matter what it took, we were going to um, go on the missions trip that next year. Um, and I knew in my heart that um, that I probably wasn't going to be teaching anymore. And God gave me a piece about that. I knew in my heart that uh, the children's ministry was over for us um, because that was a thing too. And I don't really know how to explain this, but I think there's a lot of people maybe in church, not just our church, but other places that you've been doing something over and over again because that's just what you do. Um, but it, it can get unhealthy 
And so it had been like unhealthy for us and um, there's nobody else really to, to take the position. So we just kept doing it over and over. But I knew God was, was pulling us in another direction. So once I got in that desperate place and then once it led to Greg DeVries speaking into our lives, I got to tell this part too about Greg DeVries. So I had been on my face just every Sunday, just trying to give it all to God. And I, um, I had a couple people, I see some people right now that, that came and laid their hands on me and prayed with me a couple times. Um, but uh, that Sunday, I was like, I'm giving it all to God. And we knew, we said, I know that God has spoken to us this day, but he is going to give us confirmation tomorrow, Sunday. I'm like, why not? I mean, it's Greg DeVries. He spoke directly into our heart in 2016. And I was like, he's going to do it again. I just know. And so we came to church with anticipation <laughs> that Sunday. We were like, we know. We know God's going to confirm it. And so um, before he ever even spoke to us, the sermon is what confirmed it to me. Because I'll never forget the very last words that I wrote on my notes that Sunday said, you need to deal with what owns you. And so God had already been dealing with me and what owns me. And it, it's something different for every single person. Um, and it may sound so silly to you that it was my job of teaching children, but it owned me. It owned, like when I try to explain this to people, it owned my brain space. Like it owned every part of my brain. It, the, the devil had come and literally had twisted the thing that God put in Lizzie's heart. The anointing that was on Lizzie was then being turned. It was being flip-flopped on her and she was scared that she was losing that. And so, <laughs> but, um, oh, so yeah, I, I was figuring out what on me. And so I, I figured that out about in my job, I'd taken it to an unhealthy level of, I've got to do the best that I can at being a teacher. I've got to do, I've got to like have all the things <laughs> I've got to, you know, do all the, uh, the, professional development. I've got to be like up to date on all this stuff. I've got to stay late so I can make sure everything's graded. I got to do all this stuff. And it was like unhealthy. And I tried so many times over the years to, uh, to read books and things to help me to get it like in order. Like why can all these other people have their life in order and they have so many other things going on and I have like three things and I can't get it in order. What's wrong with me? But it didn't matter what I did, what people told me to do. It never worked. And so I realized that that was one thing that owned me and had to be dealt with. And the other thing was our house. It owned us. It For four years, our money was spent on the house. There were so many times where people asked us to go and do things with them, but we were so tired from working on our house or so tired from planning or whatever that we, we pushed friendships away we pushed people in our church away we pushed family members away and ultimately God away um because I didn't really have much space left for him um and so I don't want to tell much more because I know you're going to use it in the rest of the message but it all goes back to what are you hungry for um because that's what you're going to feed yourself and then you're not going to have much of an appetite left for God and the things of God Yeah. Cool.
Amen. Well, honestly, I didn't expect to spend this much time on this. <laughs> so, um, but man, thank God that, that we have a family and we have a church that believes in the power of the blood of Jesus. Amen? 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 Ever since that moment, ever, really ever since the moment that Clint Brown actually came down and spoke to Lizzie sitting right here and said that there was a generational anointing coming on her. And I realized in that moment, I have a duty. I have a duty to uphold that anointing that was on her. So God took me from an uncertain outcome. He took me from an uncertain outcome and He gave me an outcome of expectancy. He gave me an outcome of certainty. And He gave me an outcome of purpose. We sold out to Jesus. As many of you know, we, like Lizzie said, we sold our house. And we said, God, where you go, I'll go. And He's put us right here today on this platform. Not by our will, but by God's will. Because God is greater. God is bigger than any situation that you may face. Amen? I thought I was done. I thought I was over. The devil's a liar. I still deal with anxiety sometimes, and that's okay. It's part of who I am. But anxiety does not own me. Anxiety does not own me. And anxiety does not have to own any single one of you. Today, I feel, I feel right now, God, in the name of Jesus. God, we're gonna, if you're dealing with anxiety, if you're dealing with depression, if you're dealing with stress, if you're dealing with depression, right now we're about to take authority over that in the name of Jesus. You hear me? Believe it. All you have to do is believe it and accept it. In the name of Jesus right now, God, we take authority over that foul spirit in the name of Jesus. We declare it to go right now, God, in the name of Jesus. God, You are greater. God, You are stronger and You're doing mighty things in this nation and in this church, God. There's no place for fear in the name of Jesus. We speak and declare it gone right now, God, in the name of Jesus. It has no authority. It has no hold over me in the name of Jesus. The devil is a liar. And the title of our message today, guys, is what are you hungry for? What are you hungry for? I want you to think, what are you hungry for? What do you desire in life? What would make you fulfilled while you're here on this earth? Is it a good job? Is it your family? Is it your friends? Is it peace? Is it learning? A lifelong learning? Happiness? A career? All great things. All great things and worthy to be admired of. Things you're going to be remembered for. It has the perfect makeup of what the world would call a successful life. But what do you think God would think of your life? Would He be as impressed with you? Would He be as impressed? Would he, would he, when, you, when you were called to preach the gospel, did you say Yes. When He called you to go to the nations, did you answer His call? With your kids, when you had children, when He gave you children, and you were raising them, did you, did you pour God into them every moment that you had? What would God think? I'm not condemning anyone. I'm not speaking out against anyone. I just want you to think about it. We spent so much time in our own mess worrying about our own success that we 
throw everybody off to, else to the side and don't worry about them? Our family? I don't care if they go. I don't care what they, what they do in life. I just want to beat them. I just want to be better than them. I want to be seen more than them. We've got to get out of that. Stop worrying about what everybody else's call is and worry about your own call. God has given us all a call. Amen? His ultimate desire is to draw close to Him. James 4, 7 says, Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. That's a fact. You don't have to worry about that. And that's what we're going to talk about today. I hope we can get through all of it. My hope is that it helps you in your walk with God. Because we need it. We need it more than ever right now. So my first point is, finding the voice of God. Finding the voice of God. As human beings, we alone cannot directly speak to God. Okay? Just listen to me. God is spirit. The Bible says God is spirit. We must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So alone, we cannot, as human, we cannot directly connect. So for us to communicate with Him, He gave us a spirit man. Our spirit man can and receive and communicate with the Holy Spirit. As much as we, the flesh, will get out of the way for Him to do so, which we have a hard time of doing. Amen? A good example of this is found in Samuel. Um, I'd like, if you, if you got your Bible or your phone, whatever, turn to Samuel, 1 Samuel 1 1. And while you're turning there, I just want to make, you know, Samuel, I love Samuel, and it's, it's, he was one of the greatest prophets in the Bible. He was the first one to hold the office of the prophet. But like all of us, Samuel had a beginning. There was a time in Samuel's life when he did not know his purpose. And he certainly did not know the voice of God in his life. Amen? It says in verse 1 that he would minister, he would minister or serve Eli in the temple of God. He spent daily, daily he was there serving Eli. And it goes on, or if you, um, excuse me, if Eli, if you, if you remember that pastor spoke on Eli not long ago, you remember that Eli was the high priest at that time. And Eli had become old and he had um, become blind or he was going blind. Um, And Eli had, he was a good man, but he had allowed some things, obviously, to get in the way. A.K.A. his sons, Hophni and Phinehas. And he allowed them to continue in their ways and he didn't stop them even though God told them to. He let them keep doing their own thing. So God ended up placing Samuel in the middle of a failing priesthood. But God still gave him favor upon men and He gave him favor with himself, with God. So 1 Samuel 1, 4-8, through skip down just a little bit, 4-8, through it says, Then the Lord called Samuel and He said, Here I am. And he ran to Eli. And he said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. So he went and he laid down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and he went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. 
But again, Eli said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel, pay attention here, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. And the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and he went to Eli and he said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. So you see, Samuel knew the voice of Eli. Samuel knew the voice of the man, but he had not yet learned the voice of God. And to me, it sounds a lot like the modern church today. We know the voice of man. We know the voice on the TV screen. We know the voice on Facebook. We know the voice on Twitter. We know the voice at the CDC. We can find any article we want to find. Anytime we get ready to. But man, do we not know the voice of Jesus. Hmm. We tie ourselves more into the pleasures of this world than we do into God's voice. And the further we go, the further we get away from God. God's just standing there waiting on us. And here we are. That's what Eli did. He gave up on all that. He got lazy. And he let things happen that weren't supposed to happen in the temple. And if you realize, that's why it took him three times to realize that God was speaking to Samuel. And he was the high priest. Many of us know the voice of the people we admire. We know the actors. We can all name an actor. We know the announcers. If you love baseball or football, Eli Gold. We all know the announcer, Eli Gold. Okay? Um, we know the singers. We all have our favorite singers. We love to go see our favorite singers and hear them sing, hear their voice. But we don't have a clue what God sounds like when He's speaking to us in our heart. Jesus said in John 10, 4, that when the shepherd called, they knew His voice. And the next verse says, A stranger they will not follow, but instead they will flee from Him, for they do not know His voice. So the question is today, who are you following? Think about it. Who are you following? Be real with yourself. Who have you put first in your life? Is it Fox News? Is it CNN? Hmm. Is it your favorite podcaster? That's my age group's thing. Let's do some podcasts. Let's listen to some crime spree mess. We like to spend more time learning about how somebody killed somebody than listen to the voice of God. The CDC... The Republican Party, the Democratic Party, the Supreme Court. But if it's anything but God, then you need to get in your spirit that you are rebelling against God. And it's the same spirit as witchcraft. Be real with yourself. Don't lie to yourself. Go ahead and be real. That's the only way you're going to move forward. So how do you find His voice? Well, it can be pretty simple. Start with a conversation. When's the last time you got in prayer? When's the last time you got in your prayer closet and just started praying to God? And I'm not talking about a, you know, after lunch prayer that you've memorized and just get up there and praise God, you know, bless His food in the name of Jesus. You know, nothing wrong with it. But when's the last time you really got on the floor before God 
started just asking God, Lord, what would you have of me? I lay it down before you. Reveal your spirit to me. When's the last time you did it? Next one is train your heart to seek the spirit of God. Seek your heart. Train your heart, excuse me, to seek the spirit of God. This typically starts with learning how to recognize the voice, uh, I mean the Holy Spirit working in you or speaking to you than you working on your own emotions. Amen? A lot of times we get caught up in our emotions and we, and we think, well, if I just do this and I do that, that's going to draw me closer to God. And I've done my two deeds, my three deeds for the day, and now I can move on and do whatever I want to do. I can live the life that I want to live. Um, I can go back and go back to the club. I can go back to the bar. You know, I fed this person, whatever. I gave him some money. So we weigh ourselves on our emotions instead of listening to the voice of God. And don't think that it's reserved for certain people. I've, I've fallen into that mess. He desires to speak to all of us. And it's not Him that causes the problem, it's us. All people can hear the voice of God. He's no respecter of any individual. He's no respecter of any person. Amen. And lastly, develop a habit of reading the Word of God. I always remember Delane, when I did Ambassadors, uh, or did the 101 class for Ambassadors, I remember him talking about, I I, I remember sitting there, and it was something that we were talking about, and I remember thinking, how do I sit there? How do I hear the voice of God? Why can I not do it? And and he said, 99% of the time, God's going to speak, through, speak to you through His Word. He's already given us an entire book that we don't read anyways. Okay? It says in Hebrews 4, 12, the Word of God is alive and active. It's not dead. It's alive and active. That means that God's still using it. That means that He's using it to pour into our lives still today. If we will just get in and we will read His Word. It's... Anyways... Have you ever read one of those, you ever just been reading through the Bible and you see, or like in the morning when you get your scripture in there and you just see that scripture and it just pops off at your face? It's the voice of God. God speaks through us, through His Word. He can speak to you every single day if you'll just open your eyes and look and see it. But it takes some work on your side. Lizzie, I think this is for you. Okay, so um, one of the things that's been really heavy on my heart, and um, it was really weird because I was already reading a book when before he was coming up with this title. I was reading a book, uh, it's kind of older book by John Bevere. I don't know if anybody knows who John Bevere is, but he's like one of my favorite authors because it always speaks to my heart, but it was called Drawing Near, and he didn't know I was reading that book, um, and so one of the chapters in there was about... Um, what are you hungry for? Which is weird because that's already what he was talking about. And it was like another confirmation. One of the reasons why I was like, yeah, I'm going to go up there because I feel like I'm a part of this too. But um, one thing that he wrote about, and it made me really um, dig deep into the Bible about it, but it was about the fear of God. And I think that that is a huge problem in our in the church um, is that we don't have the proper fear of God. And it doesn't mean that we are 
like terrified of God. But proper fear of God is um, respect. Like you're going to have the proper respect for God. So what happens a lot of times in our lives, um, and I know it happened in my life and in Alex's, what we're talking about, you know, our testimony is that we did not have the proper fear of God. We had kind of shrunk God down <laughs> to, um, yeah, at, well, at the, it's almost like we had made him uh, like an idol along with other things in our heart. And we'd shrunk him down to the same size as all those other things in our life. And so he was a part of our life, but he wasn't number one in our life. And that is what is a lot of people's problem in the church. They know the words to say. They know just enough churchy words to say, to uh, be able to talk about their worldly things at work with their buddies, and then all of a sudden be able to flip a switch and say their churchy words when somebody starts talking about church. And I know you all have known someone like that, or you've been that person. Because I've known people like that. It's really taken it to the extreme. And then I've been guilty myself of that. And um, so the heart of the problem, we got to get back to the heart of the problem of we're not understanding who God really is. And we need to have the proper fear of God. Because if we don't, we're not going to put him in his correct place. He wants to be on the throne of our heart. He doesn't want to be on a couch cushion with everybody else. So I feel like that has been just very heavy on my heart that get back to the fear of the Lord and putting him above everything else. Because if you don't, it's never going to work. All your other stuff, it's never going to work because he's not going to share it. He's not going to share his glory with everything else. So. Amen. Amen. Is this okay, guys? Good. Good. All right. Eyes on Jesus. We're trying to draw closer to God. We'll keep our eyes on Jesus. If we want to draw closer to God, we must uh, begin to see things the way that God sees them. In Jeremiah, God first came to him in a voice. Jeremiah knew the voice of God. And if you will, go ahead and turn to uh, Jeremiah 1, verse 11 and 12 for me. It says that he knew the voice of God. So God then, in verse 11 and 12, he, he came to Jeremiah and He asked him, The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Then the Lord said, You have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. So it took Jeremiah time to be able to develop and get his eyes focused on Jesus. But when he did, Jesus said, well, now is the time for me to perform this prophecy that I'm going to speak into your life. It's the time. The time is now. We can't wait any longer. So God is not going to use some half-hearted, half-in, half-focused individual to speak into a generation that in my opinion, because I'm a part of it, is going to change the world. And I'm not talking about just the millennials. I'm talking about the generation beneath us. The devil has has come after those generations more than I've ever seen him come after any other generation. It's the first generations that had to deal with technology and growing up with technology and 
your mind is distraction and your mind is going 100 miles a minute. And the devil tapped into that and started dealing with children as they were growing up, talking about my age when I was growing up. And we couldn't stay focused. We're just all over the place. You ever seen those pop-it things that everybody has now? Come on. It's a ploy. It's a ploy. So we've got to... We've got to realize that God is not going to use some half-hearted individual that's not full of the Holy Spirit to speak His Word to a generation that's going to change the world. Jeremiah was the real deal. And God is going to use some on fire for Christian men and women of God, some young men and women of God, to change the world. He's going to raise up the next generation to speak to a dying generation. If you've been stuck at the same level of intimacy with God for years, you need to adjust your vision. I know pastor always does the thing where he does the click thing. You know what I'm talking about? we got to adjust our vision. I've been stuck. I've been stuck many times over. Wondering what in the world am I doing? What am I going to do? What is God going to do with me? I'm, I'm, I'm not old, but I'm getting older. And it's time for me to do something. So, I wanted to share a quick story with you um, that happened to me a few months ago. And it's really stuck with me. And, I, of course, I wrote it down. And God's used it in my life. But one Sunday morning, um, he woke me up real early. It was probably, I don't know, 5.30 in the morning or so. And me, me and Lizzie, we don't get up early. Okay? So, I knew it was the Holy Spirit when I first got up. And um, I went out there, and I, I did my spark. I did my normal routine. did my spark. I, I let the dogs out. But I kept feeling that the Lord was telling me to go for a walk. Get out there and just walk. And I need you. I need to speak to you. So I get out there, and I'm walking down the road. I remember taking a left, and we come out of our uh, little driveway area. And um, I took a left, which goes to the back side of the golf course, and you know, I was so excited. I was like, man, God's about to start downloading some things into me. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> and uh, I started praying. And uh, I, <laughs> I would start praying. And I would, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I wonder what, uh, <laughs> I wonder what, I wonder what the fish are biting this morning. <laughs> and then I would try to start praying again. And I'd, I'd start praying. And I'd say, man, I wonder if. You know, I'd say, thank you, God, you're, just, you're so awesome. Lord, what are you trying to speak to my heart? I wonder if Harper's up yet. You know, <laughs> just all these things. And I kept trying, and I kept trying, and I said, you know what, forget it. <laughs> I can't concentrate on being able to get close to God. God, what have you calling me out here for? What am I doing? So about that time, I'd walked up to the back side of the, go- <clears throat> excuse me, of the golf course, and um, I still didn't know what I was doing. So I said, while I'm out here, I might as well just pick up some golf balls. Okay. So I'm walking around. I'm afraid that people are going to see me and think I'm some weirdo walking around in the woods picking up golf balls, but whatever, you know. So I'm, I'm picking up golf balls, and I just got some gym shorts on. And uh, before you know it, I'm, I've have filled up my left-hand pocket full of golf balls. And so I keep walking, and I filled up the right side of my pocket full of golf balls. And I said, I don't know what else I'm going to do, Lord. I'm going to have to go back to the house, and you still haven't spoken nothing to me, and I, I, the only thing I got left is my hat and my T-shirt. <laughs> so, so I said, Lord, what are, you, you know, what are you doing? 
So with both pockets filled to the brim with golf balls and starting on a new hole, lost, people staring at me, a light bulb went off in my mind. And I knew it was the Holy Spirit at that moment that spoke to me. The Holy Spirit had revealed the reason for the walk. And I'm not going to go all the way into it because there was a whole bunch of stuff that he showed me. But he revealed to me what what one of the main purposes of my walk was all about. The walk was to show me first and foremost to stop trying to dig so deep to find God when He's literally staring you right in the face. Secondly, He showed me the simplicity of the gospel and how complicated we always try to make it. Everybody wants to get a deep word that nobody understands. Okay, We want to think that we're the best talker in the world and you know whatever. But God showed me through a walk through a golf course, what life was all about. I'll just give you one thing, and there's a whole bunch of stuff. The golf balls represented human lives. Life, he brought me through this, and it was uphill. It was uphill the whole way, going, going backwards on the golf course. So there's a fight involved to get to a place of obedience and to a place where you can hear the voice of God and to where you focus your eyes on God. But through that, I started filling up my pockets with golf balls. And I think, I don't know, I had like 30 or 40 golf balls in my pocket. And I got all the way through that golf course. And the very last thing that he did, this may sound weird to you, but it's cool to me. I get there, and I'm coming back to the house. And I turn the last corner, and it's a flat walkway just like this right here. And I'm walking up through there. And God said that this is heaven. (laughs) He brought me all the way through my life. He showed me what my life was going to be. As I walked through that golf course. And I turned that corner, like I said, he showed me it was heaven. And all these golf balls, after all the mess, all the uphill battle, I was finally in my old age. And I was walking and I and then I died and I'd went to heaven. And here I was with all these golf balls in my pocket. And God showed me that that's all the people that you had brought with you into the into heaven. Amen. So the whole thing with that is. Stop looking all over the place. Stop looking left and right. Up and down. Begin to focus your eyes on the path that's directly in front of you. What happens to a train when it gets off course? It crashes, alright? Keep focused on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. The next point is be willing to say yes. This is a tough one for a lot of people. Come on, be real. God does not need your ability. Trust me, I would not be standing right here if it was based on my own ability. Have you ever heard me and my dad talk? Okay, we're as redneck as you get. (laughs) You know, we're from Blount County. We can't hardly talk. We mess up all of our words. Whatever, okay? The talent is not there to speak. But God does not need your ability. He needs your accessibility. Amen, amen. So be willing to say yes. Romans 12.1 says, Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. The Holy Spirit is wanting to use you today. What choice are you going to make? What are you waiting on? What, do you, what else do you need to see in the world to get you motivated to work for God? What else do you need? Another mass shooting? Another killing in a church? 
Another war? This, I'm not going to go deep into this, okay? I'll let pastor speak on this. This whole abortion thing, the church better get ready to step up for this abortion mess that just passed, okay? It's going to be the church's job and it's going to fall on us if we don't act on it. Amen? I knew I was called to preach. I knew that I was called to go to the nations. I knew that God was working in my life and I kept running. I kept not learning kept saying, I'm not ready, God. Why was I not ready? Because I hadn't tried to learn anything. I hadn't tried to focus on Him. I kept, like Lizzie said, our house became our focus. And I got so inundated with that that I wanted to redo the yard and had all these cool plans and redoing the garage and the back of the house and all these different things. And, I, I, and God kept saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm right here. Focus on me. Today is the day to say yes to God. Today, not tomorrow, today is the day. Trust me, I waited and waited for God. I waited for Him to do it. I wanted Him. He kept showing me things. Man, I was so pumped up. I was like, man, God's going to do such an amazing thing. I, could, I was picturing myself on, on the missions field you know, with Global Ventures on front of the stage. I was just so pumped up. And then, of course, I, me, I'm sitting here not reading my Bible, not praying, not learning any Scripture. It's, me- it's messed up. God needs your faithfulness in your waiting period. Mm. Let me say it again. God needs your faithfulness in your waiting period. While you're waiting, do something for God during that time. I'm not bragging on myself, okay? I'm just telling you what I did. I'm trying to give you a little bit of where I messed up and where I tried to straighten it up, okay? I'm just, uh, in the waiting, I began to listen to the voice of God, okay? I began to change my vision. I began to refocus on what I was supposed to do. I began to read and explore the Word of God. I began to memorize Scripture, and I even learned, uh, started learning a new language in case God sent me to a Spanish-speaking country for some reason. <laughs> Hello, I went to a Spanish-speaking country here recently. Went to Peru. Stop wasting your time on... Uh, stop wasting your time, and more importantly, stop wasting God's time. Okay? Stop wasting God's time doing nothing. If you're not hearing from God, it's not His fault. Stop blaming God. It's your own fault. It's because you have not put any action into it. You've not gotten involved in your church. You haven't started to serve. Get out in the community and do something. A move of God requires action and obedience. And like Lizzie said, it requires full obedience. God is waiting to hear from each one of us. Stop waiting to hear from God. Go to God. He is waiting on us. He is waiting on you. Get involved. Do something that is meaningful for the kingdom. We have a Peru a missions team that goes to Peru every single year. It's waiting on you. It's waiting on you. Pastor C would love to have you. Get involved. God will follow and He will honor your steps. He will guide you through every twist and turn that you encounter along the way. I've had hiccups getting here. Lizzie's had hiccups getting here. 
that God has led us to this moment. You don't think that God will honor your steps because you're scared that it'd be out of His will. Well, what are you doing right now if you're not doing nothing for Him? You're already out of His will. Amen? 1 King 19, 4-7. Let me give you a little, little, you know, where we're at here. Elijah had just destroyed 450 prophets of Baal. And then he got scared of Jezebel. And he went off fleeing into the wilderness. So in 1 Kings 19.4, he says, But he himself, talking about Elijah, had went a day's journey into the wilderness. And he came and he sat down upon a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die. And he said, is it enough now, O Lord, take, my, take away my life, for I'm not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him, said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baked on the coals and a jar of water at his head. And he did eat and drink, and he laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came a second time and he touched him and he said, Arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. Our perception of closeness to God is not the same perception of God's closeness to us. We need to get that out of our mind. Elijah thought, man, it's over. I'm washed up. I ran away in fear. Jezebel's going to kill me. But God provided for Elijah in his worst moment. When he thought it was all over, that's when God showed up. God may let you run your own way. Trust me, I know. He may let you run, even. He let Elijah run, think about this, for 250 miles before coming to Elijah and saying, what are you doing here? What are you doing here, Elijah? Stop thinking that you're not good enough for God. Stop thinking that you don't have talent enough, that you don't have talent enough for God. Stop thinking that God, God, that you're just some lost soul wandering around on the earth. God created you. And He created you with everything that He needs to use already inside of you. It's our job to access it. You're not a mistake. And you're certainly not a failure. No one in this room is a mistake and they're certainly not a failure. Amen? If God puts you on this earth, you are meant to change the world. Amen? Amen? Believe it. Believe it. We must trust and obey the call of God on our lives. I don't want you to do what I did and run from God for years and years and years. If you run from the call that God has put on your life, and He's not going to take it back, okay? If you have a call on your life, you need to answer that call. Or you're going to be like the Israelites running around in the wilderness for 40 years. You're going to turn in circles. Circle after circle after circle. Give it to God. to be miserable too yeah like going around in circles like you said like the Israelites you're going to be you're going to be miserable 
you're running from God and you're trying to do your own thing. Um, another thing I wanted to add was about comparing and how comparing is dangerous um, and it's a trap. So, um, Lord help me. So, it's very dangerous to compare the situation you're in to other people and think that you've got to be, um, if you're going to be close to God, like talking about closest to God, that you've got to be just like the people that are up here. You got to put your hands up just like them. You got to do all the same things as them. That's how, that's how you are close to God, but it's, it's very dangerous to do that. Um, I, in my struggles that I was talking about earlier, um, I knew that I was not in complete obedience to God. So it looked probably like to a lot of people that I was doing awesome at this Christian thing. So, um, and I even, you know, people would be like, oh, God, you and Alex are just such a great example of, of a Christian couple. But I knew in my heart that I was not being fully obedient to God. And it, I was miserable inside, and I would try to fix things. And, um, and I, w- I would go to, to family members that, you know, were, were well-meaning in the things that they said. You know, they'd be like, well, you, Lizzie, you're doing great, though. You're, you're doing a lot better than, mo- than most Christian people, you know, I've, so uh, it's dangerous to compare yourself to sinners, blatant sinners, and say, hey, I'm doing better than them, you know, because they're in full disobedience. But you're still, if you are, you're obeying God 99.9% of the time, you're still in disobedience. So it took me a long time to fully understand that. But that's why I was miserable. Um, and so it's, like I said, comparing yourself to blatant sinners that are just, they're living the fullest of sin. That's, that's dangerous because you're going to think you're, you're doing better than them. But then also comparing yourself to other Christians in church with you, that's also very dangerous because you are not them. And God has put a certain call on you that is different than them. Okay. And they're going to have, um, desires in them that's different than the desires that God's put in your heart. So you have got to just be fully obedient to God and you're going to know in your heart what God is speaking to you, and just do it. And that's what we finally did. That's this whole thing. That's what we finally did. We finally said, okay, God, we're really, really listening to you now. We're not going to listen and obey 90% of the time anymore. We are going to go all out because we, we believe that you're real, God. We believe this is true, and we don't have any more time to waste. And so that's, that's what I want you to do. Stop comparing yourself to the world and saying, I'm better than them, and stop comparing yourself to other people in the church and either making yourself feel bad or saying, well, I'm still doing better than that guy over there. So just stop comparing. It is a trap in every single way. Comparing is a trap. Amen. Amen. My last point, have crazy faith. Have crazy faith. Faith is one of the absolute most important aspects of your walk with God. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whatever would draw near to God must believe that He exists. When we have faith, we access the authority and the power that God put inside of us. Amen? Your faith isn't meant to be closed up, hidden in a drawer somewhere. Everybody got one of those. Um, everybody got one of those junk drawers. 
kitchen junk drawers at home? Ones that ain't raising their hand. I know you aren't lying. Every single one of you got a junk drawer. I don't care what you say. <laughs> in our house now, uh, we have like five junk drawers. So uh, <laughs> if you don't know what a junk drawer is, you open four, a pack of four batteries, you use three of them, you put the other one in there, and it sits there from now until eternity. It's still sitting there right now. I mean, if you want. So the point is, do not put your faith in the junk drawer. Amen? Don't hang your faith up. You need your faith. You need it to be stretched. You need it to do the will of God. To do the work of God. The Bible says that faith without works is dead faith. Some of you have boxed up your faith. We've been through some tough times, amen? Past couple years have been tough. And I'm not just talking about COVID. I think a lot of it started there. It changed a lot of things. Changed a lot of things with our jobs. Some of us lost jobs. Um, some of us have been scared to go out through, through the COVID time period. And uh, some of us have lost loved ones. But unfortunately, the church, the first thing the church did was it hung up its faith. We put our faith in these four walls. We were scared to get out of our comfort zone. We were scared to let God use us for what He had called us to do. We were scared to come back and gather together. And it was rough for a little while. I have been that person for so many years. I ran from God. I, you know, I, I wanted to do good. But I was scared to, to fulfill my purpose. I was scared to speak in front of people. I mean, I even ran from speech class in college. I was so scared of it. But God can do amazing things with faith. Through children's ministry, through working in the church, and just talking to people, God has used... Has, has built faith up inside of me and Lizzie. It's where we just say, I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore. I'm going to do what you've called me to do. I told you that I would go. I told you that I'm sold out to you. And I'm going to do it. And when pastor comes and, and has, has said, asked me to do things before, I would just say, no, I, no, I can't do that. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm sick of it. I want to tell you one last story. And then I'm going to close. We went to Peru a couple weeks ago. And uh, I'd studied the gospel message. Uh, if you know, know what I'm talking about, it's just a simple form to go through the gospel. And uh, it's to speak to people in a, in a foreign country that have never heard the gospel, have never heard of Jesus. And I learned this gospel message for five months. I did it. Every single day, I memorized that gospel message. I had it down pat. I had it memorized. I was ready to go. I had prayed, memorized scripture. You name it, I probably did it. So we get to Peru. Change of plans. We're going to do the gospel using the beads instead. The salvation. I got mine still on right now. We're going to do the salvation bracelet story. 
And I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> God, I've risked it all to come down here. I've studied for months. I've tried to learn. I tried to be in your will. And here I am. And I, I'm not going to know anything. I said, God, have I made a mistake? And I know God, just the way he works with me, I know he was just up there laughing at me, but that's okay. <laughs> I was, God does it so you know that it's his power. He does it so that it's not your own. We can't do it. That is the moment that I realized that the risk that I had taken, that I thought was a mistake, was really my faith in action. God showed me that in that moment. So anyway, I went the whole week. We went to 12 villages total. and I think on the 11th village, um, it was that morning and um, I still hadn't got to do the gospel. I'd got to do the salvation prayer. I'd got to do the healing prayer. Everything that God wanted me to do, except for one thing, and that was to share the gospel. And our team leader, Matt, amazing person, walked up to me and he said, short time. He said, we go to this next village, the 12th one, very last one. He said, you go to this village, you're going to speak. You're going to do the gospel. I said, all right. It's awesome. So as we're driving there, it takes us a little while to get there. And as we're going, I'm sitting there preparing. I'm going through it, memorizing it. And, it, the only, and he, he also said, the only way that we're going to do it is if there's a bunch of adults there. Okay? So we didn't, have it. We didn't know who was going to be there. <laughs> so we get out of the van. And I'm not kidding. There's 150 kids <laughs> running around in this village. And there's like five adults. And I'm like, well, there it goes. I missed it. <laughs> God, you brought me all the way down here. I'd studied. And now I'm not even going to get to do the gospel message. I wasn't mad. I was just, I was a little mad. So, here's the point. God knows us better than we know ourselves. God is so good. Our word for the trip was flexible. Everybody say flexible. So Matt walks up to me in his deep voice, brother, <laughs> I need some flexibility. One more time. I need you to say the salvation bracelet story. So I did it. <laughs> and God knew exactly what I needed. I went the whole week saying, God, why? Why am I not? I just want to do it. That's all I want to do. And he waited to the very last village. And he said, all right, now it's your time. God knew exactly what I needed. He sent a boy up there at the very end. Touched my heart. He sent a boy up there at the end. And he said that I understood for the first time the gospel message. He said, I understood it. I understand that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And he accepted in his heart Jesus that day because of that story. God knew exactly what I needed. He fulfilled everything that I had wanted to get from this trip. And he did it at the very last moment. And I was so thankful. Can everybody please stand? I'm closing. God does not need 
your A game. Amen. He just needs you to be available. He just needs your yes. Yes, God, I will do it. I will not fear. No matter what, I will follow your heart. God wants that and desires that from every single one of us in here today. Just like Austin had said last week, it's so powerful. He says, you don't have to be on the stage to preach the gospel. Mark 16, 15 says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Last time I checked, it didn't specify any certain individual. We are all called to go and preach the gospel. You want to draw close to God and get your faith out of your comfort zone. The time is now. So today, if this message has touched you in any way, I ask you to step out in faith today. Step out of your aisle. Step out of your comfort zone. And come down here into these altars today and begin to pray and cry out to God. Tell Him I've ran, but I'm not running no further. I'm, I'm, I'm here, God. I'm available, God. Today is the day. It's your choice. It's your choice today. You spent a lifetime of running. Today is the day. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I feel led um, to do this. Um, is a lot of the Peru missions team in here? I see several of them. Man, there was an anointing on that missions team. Like I've never felt. I'd never experienced something like that. And it's still with them today. It's still with on me and Lizzie today. I want the missions team to get in front of you and begin to pray. I want them, Ray, and that involves you too. I don't want you trying to do the catch or anything. I just want you to pray for people today. So while Austin plays today, play whatever you want to, Austin. We're going to begin to pray that faith is going to begin to build up in our hearts today. That He's going to begin to unload some things on you. And then He's going to begin to download some things into your heart. Some things that you've ran from for so long, He's going to begin to remind you of those things today. God is with you. He hasn't left you. He hasn't forsaken you. He wants to use you today. The mission team, y'all can begin to pray for these people. Every single one of them. Begin to pray and begin to cry out to God right now in the name of Jesus. I don't have to lay hands on you. I don't have to come and touch you and tell you how awesome you are. You just need to cry out to God right now. Give it to God. He wants to use you. He wants to use you. Father God, we come to you right now, Lord, and we thank you and we praise you, God. Lord, for your unfailing love, God. Lord, you are so good. Your grace, God. Lord, I ran for so long, God. 
Lord, but the time is now. I say yes to you, God, right now. I answer your call on my life right now in the name of Jesus. Use me. I want to change the world. Change my vision today. you need anything today, get down on these altars. We're going to pray. We're going to pray.